0: Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Get started welcome to another wonderful episode of the lonely heart sports podcast we have got a few things to talk about today gonna to talk about some golf talk some basketball playoffs we got the western and eastern conference finals happening talk the Stanley Cup semifinals of the NHL playoffs uh talk some euro 2020 or 2021 however you want to call it and then i'm just going to go on a rant about how rob manfred and umpires in major league baseball need to be thrown in jail but i will have jake take the floor first and we will begin with some golf talk because there i know there's been a lot on jake's mind about golf just in general
1: oh yeah it was another great u.s open per the usual um a really exciting weekend, but kind of, for the most part, really, like, I wouldn't say a boring Sunday, but nothing spectacular ever really happened up until John on 17 and 18, going birdie-birdie to close out his round. So, win the tournament by one stroke to Louis Wesson. But, yeah, Sunday was pretty boring. I mean, the course is playing very tough. I mean, if you take a look at the numbers only – I believe if I counted correctly, only 12 guys finish under par the rest finish even or above. So that's always good to see there. John Rahm, of course, winning though at six under. But through four days of golf, that is not very low of a score compared to what these guys normally shoot. But um no, John Rahm finally gets his first naval, the uh, first major, excuse me. Um he is going to be something special. He is only 26 years old. Um I'm pretty sure he has now – well, with this major win, I'm pretty sure he has placed top ten in eight majors now, eight to ten majors for himself. Um, So he is going to be something special to watch for in the future. I mean, clearly, we both picked him to win the tournament. Uh, he was a favorite going into the tournament. He just came in and showed why. He was phenomenal this whole weekend, just playing perfect golf. Um, And then Louis Ousey, and it just sucks to see for him – Finishing out Sunday, even par to lose the tournament by one stroke because he hit his ball out of bounds on number 17. Um, Ends up saving, making a bogey there. And then he goes and birdies number 18, but he really could have been on and two on 18. That is the one thing that's exciting about Torrey Pines for sure is uh, that 18th hole is very scorable. It is a reachable par five. So that always brings down tournaments <clears throat> when you see players playing there, how they can come in at the end. And probably Eagle number 18. So Use is still at a chance, but he ended up putting his driver in the rough on 18 and just couldn't reach the green in two. So he was he laid up to the fairway and tried to chip in for Eagle, but that didn't happen. Ends up chipping to about 10 feet, sinking his birdie put and losing the tournament by one. Um it was very I, I loved the weekend, though. I, I get Sunday wasn't great, but, I mean, we saw players like Rory McIlroy kind of have a run in there. I mean, if we talk about Bryson DeChambeau for a second, I mean, making the turn on Sunday, he was leading. at He was sitting at minus 6, actually, and ends up bogeying 11, 12, and 13, and then he takes a quad bogey on 17. That ends up killing him. He finished plus 3. But it was nice to see Bryson DeChambeau just absolutely fall apart on that back line because I cannot stand the guy. I don't think a lot of people can, so that was fun to see. But I'm like per usual uh, with the majors, though, you saw uh, big names up top. I mean, you saw Brooks Koepka finish at minus two. Unfortunately, he couldn't do make more of a run there. Could have been his third U.S. Open that he would have won now. Um, but that aside, Rory McIlroy had a great weekend as well, uh, finishing minus one, kind of fell apart on Sunday. He finished plus two, um, but he was in contention for most of the weekend. I mean, Sunday, you really, for most of the day, up until about probably, it had to be about 12 or most players started falling apart. It looked like there could have been like a six-man playoff to finish out the tournament, in my opinion. I mean, everyone was sitting at like minus five. Minus four. A lot of players were just in that category. And then that back just ended up killing all these players.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you there on for the most part from what I saw on Sunday, because I'm not going to lie. I honestly missed after like I saw Rom take the lead and go into the clubhouse with the lead but because i was with my fa- i was with the i was with my family for father's day i ended up missing like the last part of like literally the end of the us open and i'm not like i had no idea like i my I, and my dad texted me and i got notifications that john Rom won and obviously like i was happy that Rom won but i was wondering like okay like louis was close louis was close and and i'm like okay what the hell happened and this is actually the you saying what happened is actually the first time that i actually Like, literally, just found out (laughs) now because I, you know, I like, you know, ROM one. I'm like, okay, like, I just assumed that, like, Louis just kind of like par 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 or whatever but i didn't know that he went out of bounds on 17 and he ended up bogeying on 17 and then but i did know that uh bryson did fall apart on uh on when i got back here to my when i got back here on sunday because i was taking a look at the leaderboard and i saw that he shot a 77 and i'm like wait what the fuck and i was like wait what the fuck happened because he was in contention literally all of saturday and most of sunday and i'm gone and i take an hour and a half drive from my parents' house back here to my apartment, and I and that's the first thing I see is like that you finished plus three, and I'm like, what the hell happened? But for a quad bogey, that I mean that that sucks. That sucks as a professional golfer. That's like good playing golf out there.
1: The quad bogey <laughs> is one of my specialties.
0: It's like me too, actually. Although I, uh, it's like me too. Quad bogey. The only thing is, though, I'd have more than one. But um, uh, no, what really got me was seeing that I'm just like, what? Like I, you know. So it made me like wonder, like, what the hell happened? You know, you had a defending U.S. Open champion who, in contention to repeat, and then he just completely falls apart and pulls like a. This is for the old timers out there, kind of like a Greg Norman style choke. and even Louis isn't kind of pulling like a Greg Norman style choke because Rom was Rom one in the clubhouse. He just sat the he just had to sit in the clubhouse and wait it out, and you know maybe hope hope he can win sitting in the clubhouse or or at worst hope for a playoff. And like you said, from and like you said, you know there were a lot of people in contention where you thought maybe a five to six man playoff could have happened, and but. Uh, you, you're you're kind of right there. I mean, Sunday was kind of boring to see for the most part. It wasn't the excitement that, uh, uh, it obviously wasn't the excitement that the PGA Championship had brought in uh, when Phil won a few weeks back in on Kiowa. Uh, or even like excitement, like with the Masters tournament, or just in general, like, a, you know, Sunday at Augusta, the, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, it's always like, okay, we get to the back nine and there's Amen Corner or whatever. This US Open really didn't add any excitement for me until... Rom kind of just took the lead, but then after that, it's just like, okay, now we gotta wait this out. But like I said, I really didn't, I didn't see what had happened after that. I came back and I found, got the notifications on my phone and found out that Rom had won that way. So
1: I was it like, was good for Rom too because it's his first uh, Father's Day, being a new dad. His kid is just a couple months old now, um, so him getting to win his first major um, at a course that he actually proposed to his wife on. Um, holding his kid there on father's day uh, for your first major. That is something special right there. But um, no, if, if honestly, though, if who stays in, uh, if he doesn't go OB on 17, if he goes par birdie, we're looking at a playoff between those two and maybe things could have shaped up differently. But unfortunately he tried to play a little drop, the fair off the tee box, which he typically does and just pulled a little bit too much hit the left part of the rough and just rolled down into the Canyon. And it was, sad to see for sure but he could have he was there for a lot of it I mean Ustazen and always shows up in the majors like he has one major under his belt and he I believe now this is his seventh major that he has finished in second place in so he's a guy that always seems to be there but he just can't seem to figure That's out a so way to get it done, done. yeah yeah,
0: no, I mean, I do agree with you there. He just can't figure it out to get done anymore. But uh, another name that you mentioned there, and this is a name that, like, we rarely mentioned or didn't mention at all on our last copy Pod episode when we were talking about the U.S. Open. But uh, Rory McIlroy in contention for the most part uh, throughout the U.S. Open was very good to see because – you know, uh, obviously, you know, obviously it was 10 years. At, they talked about it. It was 10 years after his victory at Congressional when he won in 2011 there. Uh, and they kept bringing that up. Uh, they kept bringing that up. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to see, like, if he can turn back the clock because, you know, it's been 10 years. Blah, blah, blah. Seven years stuff. since his last major now. Seven years since his last major, yeah. too. It, to when when he Rory play. wins,
1: golf wins, though. I mean, everyone you see McIlroy's name up on that towards the top of the leaderboard, people get excited because he is that Tiger-esque name in golf.
0: Yes, and the thing is, though, is, like, I really thought, like, I, when, when Rory was, like, in contention moving up the leaderboard on Saturday, because we all know that Saturday tends to be – moving day in the majors you know that's like Saturday is where the pretenders and the contenders separate themselves when Rory was finding himself in that position I thought that he actually had a genuine chance to win on Sunday and I would have uh, and I would have liked that because you know it has been seven years since Rory last last won a major I under uh obviously like you know I you know I'm fine I like John Rom. I'm fine that he won but You know, it would have just continued (laughs) – it would have been, you know, just kind of – it kind of would have been good to see Rory win another major. I mean, you know, kind of like say – show the golf world that like, hey, I'm still here. Don't forget about me, kind of like that, even though like we know that Rory is still there. But that was just something good to see there in my opinion, even though he did only finish minus one. But uh, nonetheless, he had a good performance at the U.S. Open because like you said, the scores – weren't really you know low but then again what score one our scores at the u.s open like really low they always tend to finish around like where rom finished uh, with minus six or most sometimes they don't even get into the minuses sometimes you know like a plus an even or plus one or plus two will get you a victory depending on how tough the course is and how the weather plays too so uh you know uh, so honestly the scores of the final like how did how it all played out is kind of typical in my
1: opinion with how that ended. Yeah, no, the score, the score definitely was typical for a U.S. Open. I would have liked to see John Rahm or at least the winner closer to that even number. Um, Cause you have seen past U.S. Open winners finish at plus five before. So that would have been fun to see the course play like that, but that's what really separates the great golfers from the, alright right golfers is when it comes to tournaments like this, because that's when in all the majors you get to see the big names at the top of the leaderboard and it's not just some um, scrub winning the tournament. I mean, like on the guy that was leading going into the weekend. Um,
0: oh, Richard Bland, the 40 year old
1: A guy with that name, I'm sorry, but if you have the name Richard Bland, you can't win a major. I mean, your name just has that for you. You have one of the most boring names in golf. the um, English. Yeah, he he just he's one of those guys. When you saw him at the top of the leaderboard, me you were talking about this. He's just a guy that's there, just kind of placeholding that for for who's ever going to win the tournament. You literally uh, asked, asked me league, who the fuck is Bland. Yeah, I, know. I, I saw him at the top of the leaderboard. I'm like, Who the fuck is Richard Blatt? See, I wasn't even
0: see. I when you asked me that, I I'm not even like you asked me that. Like when I was watching, like. I there was the year like there was still Euro coverage on, so I wasn't even watching the U.S. Open. You asked me who the fuck is Richard Blythe I'm like, what is he talking about? So I look it up. I'm like, oh he's leading the u.s open okay oh shoot i guess i should put that on and see what's going on and then i see like that he's the top of the leaderboard <laughs> so i'm looking this guy up so he was ranked like 114th in the world or and he was like a four he's like a 48 year old dude from england and he was top the u.s open after friday but i mean like there was no way that that guy was going to win anyways because like we all said like we say like You know, Saturday separates the contenders from the pretenders, and obviously, like, he just fell apart, obviously, uh, finished shit. Yeah, he shot plus seven on Sunday to
1: finish at plus eight for the tournament.
0: So he actually did better than Phil.
1: (laughs) He did do better than Phil. You were right. Phil did make the cut, but Phil absolutely just did nothing in the tournament besides making the cut. So good for Phil getting paid, but he finished plus 11 in the tournament, and... I mean, that's kind of what I expected. I didn't I expected expect to. Will to have this Cinderella story, where he's going to come back and finally get his U.S. Open. I unfortunately do not think Phil has enough left in his tank to complete the career Grand Slam for himself. And I, I could be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before. Um, but I just yeah, think we'll talk about his, that later. I just think yeah, I just think he is at the point in his career now where he is. Probably on the way out, and he's going to go into broadcasting because I mean Phil is a great guy to listen to. He's funny. He's got that personality, so he'll be great and he'll be great in the booth. But I um, know he, he'll go on the Champions Tour and get someone in there as if he doesn't have enough money now. But um, no, another person we saw the supposed number one golfer in the world, who I'm sure that will probably switch now. Dustin Johnson finished the tournament at plus two, isn't terrible. But I mean. I expected a better showing from Dustin Johnson. I mean, he hasn't really, ever since he won that Masters tournament, he's been all right. Uh, He didn't make the cut at the Masters this spring. Um, I don't exactly remember how he did for the PGA Championship. I know it wasn't fantastic, but um, I'm pretty sure after this tournament, John going to go to number one in the world. He is my the number one. he is the. Oh, number they did one rank number, number one, one now. Okay, yes, he perfect. did. He
0: did take the number one ranking after he did win the U.S. Open. Uh, that's one perk of. Uh, fi- that's one perk of finding out uh, who, uh, via notifications from God, was ever sports app. Yeah, John Rahm wins the U.S. Open, also takes number one ranking in the world.
1: And I am, I'm sure, if anyone asks John Rahm, with what happened two weeks ago at the Memorial Tournament, from where he got kicked out, if you. If you asked around which tournament he would say he would want more, he'll say a million times out of a million he would have rather take this U.S. Open win over that winning memorial. So good for him after just that shitty thing that happened to him. I mean, he was very classy when he was asked about it this weekend, and he was said the PGA handled it how they should have. Very classy by him. Um, and also very classy of Phil Mickelson to carry down a chair when John Rahm went back to the practice. When we went back to the range, just in case he had to go to a playoff, Phil Mickelson carrying down a chair for John Rom's wife and their baby, and then him sitting there talking to Rom's wife and watching John Rom warm up, just in case he was going to get in the playoff.
0: Oh yeah, Phil was having a good time. Phil was having a good time watching watching that. He was uh, tweet. In fact, he actually tweeted about it if I think if I remember correctly, or he may have just tweeted about Rom's round in general because he was talking about how his. Uh, he was talking about how Rahm's putting was uh, even, like a, even like a short game or something like that. So Phil was just impressed with Yeah, he, he talked
1: about the putting on 17 and 18. But uh, John Rahm's fist pumps on 17 and 18, I think those are going to be in the golf history books for a while. Whenever when we look 10 years down the road when they're broadcasting for the next U.S. Open, those fist pumps will be a part of the TV time for sure. Not a doubt in my mind. Those were electric fist pumps from John Rahm. Um, he was all fired up.
0: Oh, well, without a doubt. I mean, I, I, I can't blame him for being fired up. We really can't. I mean, you know, with what like you said, with what happened at the memorial a couple weeks prior to it, he had he, he had a six-stroke lead, six-shot lead uh ahead of the field, and he had to be taken out of the tournament. And then he took the lead at the US Open. Obviously, there were a couple golf. There were a few golfers still out on the course, but the emotion—you could just see the emotion—and just within him, how excited he was. Not just like while he was on the course, but also you know afterwards too. I mean, he was happy. He showed class afterwards too, obviously, but like. The mo- he was in the moment, and that and that was good. That was that's good to see. It's good to see, you know, somebody that was deserving of a major, somebody that got screwed out of a tournament win a couple weeks ago. If you ask me, uh, but obviously, like you said, he would definitely prefer U.S. Open over um, over the Memorial Tournament. Although he probably should have both, in my opinion. But that we won't go too far into that. But right.
1: and we did get a little more Brooks and Bryson drama this weekend, just a little bit. Uh, they Brooks should have been paired together. Brooks Kepka had an interview, and Bryson DeChambeau, walking past again jumps into the screen to get his face up in Brooks' interview. DeChambeau, you're a scumbag. You collapsed for a reason because you're not a good golfer. To wake up, he said he woke up from a dream and fixed his swing. He saw something in his dream, so he fixed his swing from that. Fuck you. That new swing clearly didn't help you. I mean, you absolutely collapsed. That means you're strong or you're a weak person when it comes to your head. And a lot of shit can get you. Unfortunately, though, I didn't hear maybe I just didn't hear through the TV at all this weekend, but I didn't hear any Brooksy, any Brooksy comments. But we did get a streaker. We did get a streaker. We got we a did. streaker on what was it, 13 following up John Rom Now let me tell you, that was to be that takes a lot of pressure. And that man had a really nice swing. He had two balls. That first swing he had was very nice. That nice and smooth stroke, made solid contact with the bar, with the ball. Um, if that was me, my heart would be pounding too much. I'm probably taking a huge divot out there. But um, no, he ends up uh, trying, trying to juke out. He hit one of the security guards with a pump fake, ran around him, and then unfortunately a guy in a cart got him. I thought it was great to see. Um, I, get, I think we talked about this too. maybe it was last week or like three weeks ago, when we said people at golf tournaments just know how to handle themselves. And And now, and now we just come to this and someone just didn't know how to handle themselves.
0: Someone didn't know how to handle themselves. And they clearly
1: just, they clearly
0: listened to our podcast and said, you know, those fuckers on the lonely hard sports podcast, they don't know what they're talking about. We're going to prove them wrong. And look lo and behold, we had some idiot go out and be a fucking streaker, you know, just be, just be fucking stupid at a golf tournament. Um, uh, You think you got,
1: you think you spent the night in prison? I would assume so, right? You think you think he probably went to prison for the night? I mean, I don't really like, go to like a baseball field, not like, actual like, prison, but he probably well, spent you, you, in, like, you know what I mean. Like, jail. if guys streak at like uh, any other sports game, they're typically going to jail for a night. oh,
0: they're going to jail. He's definitely, he definitely had to spend the night in
1: jail. He's gonna get his day in courts and
0: appearance or whatever. Obviously, it's not gonna be completely publicized. Uh, with that being the case, there, um. Obviously, with that being the case, they they, he had his day in court, he's gonna have his day in court (laughs) already, but you know, they just don't want that to be publicized. I mean, how many times have we seen somebody streak during a soccer game? Well, actually,
1: I don't, I I wouldn't, would we categorize this guy as a streaker though? Because I don't think he was naked. No, I, 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 what what do we call that? Because I, I, like, a crazy fan, okay? Because to me, I was gonna say, like, streaking. I think you have to be naked in order for it to be streaking. In my yes, opinion. you have to be
0: naked in order for it to be streaking. But the thing is, though, is like he streaked across the he streaked across the course. Uh, Should so we just I call got... him a runner then? Just just a runner? Uh, we can call him an idiot.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, a nice swing though for an idiot. That was a very nice swing. I, I was impressed when I saw it. But then he left the club. He never even picked up his club. What do you think they did with that? You think he got that back? Because I mean, that that's pretty good money. If that's like from his normal set. If that's like a seven iron. You're looking at at least hundred and fifty to two hundred bucks to replace one of those bad boys. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt there. I mean,
0: you know, shit. Well, like I said, he he was an idiot. Do he was an idiot for doing what he did. He was an idiot for leaving his clubs. I mean, like you said, he's probably he probably spent a night in jail getting his day in court over an appearance, probably had an appearance ticket. He's <laughs> and probably he coulda ran
1: faster, I think he would have got away.
0: Okay. To be fair though, you he, he, he got caught
1: by a guy in a car. Well, yeah, but I mean if you watch, if you saw the video, just go up, people, if you're listening to the podcast, when this goes out, if you didn't see the video, go up and look it up. I'll just us open streaker. The security guards didn't even care for like the first 40 seconds of that video. They just kind of were standing there and walking, and letting the guy do his thing. And no one really took initiative to stop him. They were just kind of walking and they're like, oh, this fucking guy. And just kind of lollygagged over there.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it, it,
1: well, yeah, they didn't care,
0: and then all of a sudden they realized that, like, hey, maybe we should do our jobs here. But the but the thing is though is like you said, yeah, uh, another thing too I want to say is uh, he's definitely banned from Tory Pines for life, and he's probably banned from he pro- he has to be banned from all USGA or PGA events for at least a year, in my opinion. Has to be. There's no way that they're going to allow that guy back to any tournament
1: for a while. I, I would assume that as well, um, but I, I just feel like with golf, that's kind of harder, because how are you going to have every course to kind of track this guy, you know? Well, I mean, they have his photo. Well, yeah, but I mean, if me and you were working security, would me and you be looking at a photo, like the photo every time someone walks in and tries to get into the tournament?
0: Well, I mean, the, this is very true, but the thing is, though, is like, you know, it comes to like, you know... the. This is, ai I don't, you know, I'm going to go off topic here a little bit. This is kind of like, you know, when fans at like basketball games or soccer games or, or whatever type of environment, mainly basketball and soccer, like a fan is heckling a player, for whatever reason or a fan is just causing non doing causing nonsense in the stands or whatever you can you can you have the technology to find to like you know find this guy and you also have the technology to be able to identify them and make sure that they Don't come that they can't come back. So I'm pretty sure that golf like, you know, would be able to do the same. Obviously, like it won't it won't be as easy because like obviously you're on a golf course like you're indoors, but like you still have to go through the same entry and exit points on the golf course no matter on the golf course to get in as a spectator, no matter what, like you have to go through the, you have to go through like, you know, the same entrance that everybody does. You have to get out the same way. Everybody does. So like, you know, if they find, if they obviously like, you know, if they're recognized that if that guy's recognized by somebody, obviously he'll be escorted. But the thing is too, is like you said, thousands of people come and go through that golf course. Like they're not going to be trying to look for them, but maybe the technology would be able to help them.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I feel like just because there's so many golf courses that they're playing at year round, they're just moving state to state for every tournament, basically. So I was just curious as uh, they were able to do that or not. But, but if- um, no, nope, good for that idiot. Hopefully, he enjoyed his night in jail.
0: Hopefully he enjoyed his night in jail, too. But I I do want to give you this part part of the point, too. Let's be honest here. Like, was he actually going to probably attend another golf uh, PGA event after the U.S. Open? I mean... I would assume not. I would assume not anyways. I mean, the thing is, though, is like... The only way you attend a event like that is a, a PGA event is if like you're in close proximity to the area. Like I mean I I'm not going to lie. Like the US Open in Torrey Pines, I'm not going to go all the way out to California. I'm sorry. Right. I,
1: the only course I would probably travel to is Augusta if I was somehow able to one year get tickets to go see the Masters at Augusta. I would that's what trip I would take just because how hard those tickets are to come by and how strict Augusta is with everything that they do um that is the course I would travel through. Oh, 100
0: and percent I mean, the only other thing that I would do, the only other thing that I would even consider as a go- as a golf as a tournament spectator for a major tournament would be to go find a way to get tickets to the Open when it's at St An- it's at St Andrews. Which it will be in 2022, but I, I think those tickets are already sold out. But then again, because of COVID and everything that happened over the past 18 months, tickets could still be available. But those are the only two ways that you right. would see me traveling to Gaul to go to a major like that. Um, maybe Pebble maybe Pebble Beach.
1: Pebble, Pebble Beach be- I, I'll go to Pebble Beach as well for the US Open. Yeah, that would be exciting as well just because Pebble's one of those historic courses. But, um, but speaking of courses though, um, to just kind of jump off topic real fast. I think it is cool that Tory Pines is a municipal golf course, meaning any Joe Schmo can go out there and play there whenever they want. Um, I would assume it's expensive. I've never really looked at the tee times there. Like if, if how much one of those would cost. actually, I mean, I could look that up right now, actually. Yeah, but I don't know. Municipal California, golf right? course, it's nice. Yeah. Um, that's nice to see them shed some light on that. And, uh. Because the, any of us can go there to a play, and it's just like we can go play where the pros are playing. It's not like you can really ever – I mean, you can go play Pebble Beach for like $600. You can go play TPC Sawgrass for like $600. Only way you can play Augusta is if you know a member there. So it's just cool to see that. and kind of like Beth Page Black here in New York, um, one of those things where you can go in and just get a tee time there.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, right now you, we kind of just stick to the local golf courses, uh, and obviously, given given various reasons as to why. But um, uh... oh, okay,
1: so it does cost though. Um, yeah, so how to much play? Are you to play at Torrey Pines, uh, you need if you're not a resident of San Diego, you need to pay forty five dollars just to book your tee time. Fuck that. And then if you want to play the South Course, which the uh, the open was just played at it is two hundred and two dollars on the weekend and two hundred fifty two dollars. Um, oh, wait, it's Monday through Thursday is two hundred and two dollars. Friday through Sunday is two hundred fifty two dollars. But if you are a resident of San Diego, it is a lot cheaper.
0: All right. So, yeah, the only thing is, though, is, like, for you and me, like, it's easier to, like, pay the 252 or 202 and not have to move to San Diego.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, that, that is one. Like, I, I would pay $202 to play around there.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it's, only- like
1: one, it's like one of those, like, once-in-a-lifetime courses where, like, if you're a golfer and, like, you want to play these courses. Like, sometimes it's worth to drop the money, especially since it's not, like, $600. Like, it is to play at Sawgrass, which is just – a ridiculous amount. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would pay it, but that's just a ridiculous. Yeah, six hundred
0: dollars is definitely ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, though, is like the flight to San Diego would definitely cost less than the than the round of golf. But uh, right. Uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, though, is like that's the price that you got. That's the that that yeah. Like like you said, that's the price we pay to do what we want to do. Um. uh hmm. Yeah, you know, don't, 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 don't tell them to me. I may put this down as a bucket list item for my, actually, you know what? That's a bucket list item. Go to San Diego and golf at Torrey Pines. I think that would be amazing. I would love
1: that. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, 100 I, I think if I played from as far back though, as the pros did, I think that course would eat me alive. To be honest, I think, I'm, <laughs> oh, I think I'm looking at triple digits. I'm shooting there. Oh,
0: let's be honest here. I mean, we'd have to have a tea. We'd have to have our tea time at dawn, and we'd be staying there until dusk. Like we'd probably have our first meal probably like at like nine o'clock at night.
1: That'd be all right with me.
0: Or at least our second meal. I mean, I'm assuming we would probably eat something from eat something from the golf eat something the golf course has to off the f- offer like while on the course. But then like we wouldn't have actual any actual like an actual sit down meal until like after we're done, which will be God knows when because huh, oh, who knows how many balls we'd lose and how many and how many shots we'd have to take or whatever. But huh. I
1: think I think honestly. I think I could probably there. I think I could really realistically shoot a 110.
0: Realistically, I could probably shoot a 110 on on nine holes. Oh, boy. Yeah, it'd be over for me. It would be over for me. So I could probably only do that and then call it a day afterwards and be like, see ya, San Diego. <laughs> But uh, but uh, but that's uh, that's another di- that's another discussion that we could continue that discussion another day. Honestly, I mean, uh, you know, once again, you know, Torrey Pines, beautiful course, San Diego. Nice area. Would love to do that one day. Have that on the bucket list item. Um, John Rahm obviously successfully conquered Torrey Pines and won the U.S. Open in, uh, conv- and in
1: good fashion there. with this do, you first think, do you think Tigers win at Torrey is still better than this one? I say
0: the man, yeah. The man a the man had a torn A C L and came oh, back like to win. Yes. One
1: on uh, a playoff too, because that's the that's the week or yeah, that was the tournament where he went in to play they had to play Monday because that was at the time where the US Open was still making the playoff. It was another 18 holes and then I'm going to nineteen holes for Tiger to win that one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That that was that was a stupid rule. Like looking back at it, like Well, that's on the USGA right there. It's very good they changed that rule because that, like, Tiger just played 72 holes on a broken leg. And then they're like, okay, you have to come back tomorrow and play another 18. And then they end up playing 19 until you got the win. But who thought that was ever like a good rule and thought that was just. The what, U.S. Want to did.
0: Do. They really thought that was a good rule, but at the time, like nobody knew the, nobody knew the health issues that Tiger Woods had at that time either. They didn't know he had a broken leg. They did like he had partial broken leg. They also didn't know that he tore his ACL in the process too. Uh, had a torn ACL in the process too. Oh, we only found that out like after he won the yeah. tournament. So. Um, obviously, but, like, they didn't think about they. They didn't know
1: that. But so, would you think that's
0: t- do you think that's still a better win, though, than Roms at Tori? I would say, yeah, I mean, yeah it's I, better. I mean, yeah. we didn't. We don't need to be like NBC and beat it off like every thirty seconds, though.
1: Well, they beat off everything Tiger does, and I don't blame them because I beat off I mean, everything Tiger does too. I don't
0: blame. I don't blame them, but they didn't need to
1: like. That's one thing about every Tigers every it, every shot. It was basically going back to Tiger's win. Yeah, in two thousand and eight. There, I'm
0: not gonna lie. Like, you kind of annoyed me a little bit. I'm like, just focus on the golf right now. Like, I know that you. I know that, like, you know. Yeah, it was the last time that they were at Torrey. It was the. It was that. It was his last major up until when he won the Masters in twenty nineteen. But kind of beating the bush, beating a dead horse about, and that was something that really didn't need to happen,
1: in my honest opinion. But, well, uh, hang on, since we're on the topic of golf, and we don't have that much to talk about today. Um, do you think Tiger beats, uh, the record for majors? He still has to fully recover from his accident. Well, I, don't th- I, I think he'll come back and play golf. I I'm don't just, think
0: it happens. I don't think know? it happens. I never, you know, on my honest opinion on the topic of golf, I, I didn't think Tiger Woods would ever win a major again until even when he won. Wa- well, actually, I'm not going to lie. Actually, I take that back. I thought Tiger Woods would win at least one more major. I didn't think it would be the masters. I thought his best chance would have been winning a Brit would have been winning an open championship based on his performances there. But when he won the 2019 masters, I thought that was his last major that he wins. I still think that's the last major that he wins. I don't think that even like given what had happened to him, I do think he will come back in golf eventually, but there's no, ch- I don't think there's a chance that he does win at least one more major. And I, with that being the case, he definitely won't break Jack
1: Nicholas's 18. I, I think Tiger can still do cause Tiger's what 48 turning 49 this year. Um, Phil just won a major at 50. And I think Tiger at 50 is going to be still a great golfer. I mean, he was the best in the world for a reason. And I just I think he could do it. I mean, maybe that's just me being a fanboy and wanting to see that record broken. He's um, got to get in but, so
0: much. Yeah. He got he's got to yeah. get back into shape. He's that first off. He's got to get back into shape where like he can like you know to like before he got into the accident. Then he has to get into shape to actually. You know, play competitive golf again, and who knows how long that's going to take? I mean, now I'm looking at it like at a physical and med- a, and medical standpoint. I mean, obviously, I don't have a medical background. If I did, I if I did, I'd probably be at work right now in a hospital. Let's be honest here. Those those <laughs> people, those, those people were crazy hours. God bless them all and everything. But uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I could be, you know, we do tend to be wrong sometimes on the podcast. Um, so we'll see how that goes a few years down the road and even and maybe we'll still be doing if we're still doing this podcast when that time comes then we can come on and say I can come on and say yeah I was wrong
1: okay um do you think Tiger just went uh sets a career win record he's tied with Sam Sneed right now at 82 do you think he can pull out 83 at some point
0: that's the only thing that he wants that's the only that's I think he wants that more than he wants 18. Um, I think got, he wants
1: 18 because he only has he only has the 15 major trophies in his house. If you listen to like any time he talks, he doesn't know where the other trophies are. I think he I think he prefers the 19 mark over the 83 wins.
0: I I well, 83 obviously is definitely attainable. All he needs to do is win one more. He, he's so, to win
1: one more, man. Yeah,
0: so I think he could definitely. That is def, that definitely could happen. Would uh, you take
1: one more question? Would you take Tiger Woods not winning another major or a tournament, but then Charlie going out and beating his dad and Jack Nicklaus's records? What one would you rather have? Would you have Tiger get 19 majors or Charlie beat both the records?
0: Hmm, I'm thinking here. You, you can smell. I'm sure the podcast listeners can hear the – Wheels turning in the brain, you know. The hamster, <laughs> the hamster wheel is going, boys and girls. Don't you worry. <sighs> On the topic of that, well, my thing is, is we still have some time to uh, see how Charlie Woods uh, eventually come. What happened? We still have time to see what will eventually happen with Charlie Woods, if and when he turns pro and become gets onto the PGA Tour. Obviously, like you know, tight. Tiger Woods it, if and when he comes back to golf if he even decides to come back to golf I mean like you know he still he would then obviously have a shot at both eight, nine, 18 and then not, or even 19 and then 83 obviously um, uh, but with Charlie Woods like it, he, he'd he have to come out the gate like he'd have to come out the gate like his father honestly yeah. he'd have to come out the gate like Tiger did uh, just burst onto the scene uh, the way he did Um and just have a run like he'd have to have a better run than tiger than his father tiger did that like that's i don't know if that could happen um i mean honestly like i you know actually i'm gonna say i'll take what i'll take whatever charlie does honestly the only reason why i say that is because you know now, in terms of golf, we always talk about, like, we don't talk about you and me, but, like, they talk about the future of golf, like, on the networks. And I understand, like, there's that's still years to come and whatnot, but, like, so seeing something like that 20 30 whatever years down 20 years down the road or whatever because what he's like, the kids like 10 11 so obviously like he can hit the tour and he can hit the tour uh and and in, in a decade or or even less at this point if he's like 10 11 or 12 he's, or whatever he's
1: 12 now so he can hit the, he can hit the tour in a, he can he hit, can the, hit tour the tour in, in 8 years i mean eight years. he could really get to tour when he's 18
0: yeah, he'd have. The, yeah, So I,
1: I think. I think. I for me personally, just because I just like to suck Tiger. I don't know. but Now I'm thinking too, because so it'd be cool to see Charlie do that. The, I think. I think I'll take Tiger. Get 19.
0: I I'm gonna take the Charlie Road. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the road. I'm gonna take the Charlie Road. I'm gonna go uh, down that road with Charlie. Um, I respect uh, it. I respect it. Him. It would be good for the future of golf seeing something like that happen. I mean, obviously, like we don't know what the future of golf holds. Uh, just so John you know, Rahm is I'm a sure. future
1: of golf right now. Yeah, John I, Rahm and Colin M- Morikawa. I think yes. those are going to be two names we're talking about for a long time to come. Still, there'll definitely
0: be two names when we talk when we get to talk to the mm-hmm. about the Olympics as well because they both will be uh, representing their re- countries. Yeah. representing their countries. But um, also, uh,
1: we forgot to mention this. Um, just because we don't want to sound any you know, political debates here, but John Rahm is the first Spaniard to win a major.
0: To win the U.S. US Open. Open. I was going to say,
1: I'm pretty sure. I I don't know why, because Sergio Garcia is a Spaniard and he has won a major.
0: Well, also don't forget, like, you know, now we're going to go back into the, now we're going to go back even before we were born. I mean, you know, fans of Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Ooftabo will definitely come onto the podcast
1: and call you out. True, true. But they're before my time, so they can't blame me.
0: Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I, I knew uh, they were before my time, and I and even I knew and I knew that mainly because, like, you know, my dad would talk to me about like all those old timers in golf and whatnot, kind of like all <laughs> old timers in all sports or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, they would definitely not be happy with that comment you made there. Oh yeah, you well, know, I'll, tell,
1: I'll tell them we can meet each other and we'll fight each other then. <laughs> we can we can meet up for a fight with I'll meet up for a fight with the, fight with the Spaniard fans. I'll oh, be all right. I'll, I can handle my own you could handle your own <laughs> oh god
0: but yes john rom first spanish uh, first spaniard to win a u.s open good for him there uh i really have nothing else in terms of going into golf honestly i mean what what other golf talk do you have sir before we go into our next topic
1: um, no actually just the travelers championship is this weekend uh they tee off tomorrow thursday Oh, actually, a lot of big names at this tournament as well. It's think, in U.S. Yeah, open. yeah, the U.S. Open, but after some majors, though, the um, big names will, sometimes will take a break. But I think most of them that were in the playing in the, o- the U.S. Open, I'm pretty sure most of them went and actually are playing in the Travelers Championship, which is taking place at TPC uh, Highlands or whatever in uh, Connecticut
0: interesting okay interesting so another go, so another uh, uh, another st- another good field for another tournament so oh, yeah. hopefully so hopefully that'll be good there travelers next week but yeah i mean uh, that's that that pretty much like sums up all our golf talk for the most part uh, you know honestly it's always good to talk golf um uh, it. About- it's always good to talk golf, especially after, uh, uh, especially after an exciting major tournament, you know, and just an exciting tournament in general, because honestly, golf, honestly with what's been going on has been kind of like under the radar. So that's something that, you know, we kind of like want to get out of under the radar, but, uh, I do want to shift our attention now to our typical hockey talk where we talk about the NHL playoffs. We are in the Stanley cup semifinals still. Um, Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens are one game away from reaching the Stanley Cup final as are the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders are playing game six right now as we are recording. Um, I do want to focus on that series first a little bit, mainly because that series could be closed out tonight, may go to a game seven. We don't know. Uh, Obviously, we will know after we record this, uh, we are finished recording this episode, what the outcome of game six will ha- will be. But what are your thoughts on this series so far? All right. Like...
1: Um, so this series, I think, uh, up until game five, has been everything we thought it was going to be. I think everyone thought it was going to be kind of back and forth talking between these two teams, just based on like kind of the styles of game that they play. But um, game five really was a shock to me. Um, the Islanders losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning 8 to nothing was a complete embarrassment. I mean, other than that, uh, the g- games were like one or two goal games for the most part. And then game five was just a blowout. But uh, tonight, game six, uh, puck is r- about to drop actually on the Lightning Islanders game. Um, I think the Coliseum is going to be fired up tonight. And I-, I really think the Islanders can take this to game seven. I know I'm probably saying that because I picked the Islanders to go to the Cup, yada, yada, yada. But no, I really do think the Coliseum is going to be fired up tonight. I mean, I, I'm sure the whole team is fired up from that 8 nothing loss that just happened to them. Um, Bar- Barzell getting tossed from that game I think was an absolute joke. In my opinion, I think that was one of the softest calls I've ever seen. Um, I, I just think you kind of let that maybe give him a two-minute for that but to toss him in the game, I get it really didn't matter at that point because I think they're already down five, four or five, nothing at that point. So it's just kind of his frustration coming out. And but to toss him, I think was an absolute joke. Um, basically, I know you probably saw where he just kind of crossed, he went for the shoulder and he ended up sliding off and hitting him in the face with the cross, check. and he
0: tossed and he got tossed for it. And they only ended up finding him five thousand dollars, which yeah. is the, maximum the of- he didn't by the CBA. At least
1: they didn't suspend him. Minimum, minimum they, by the yeah, maximum by the CBA, but no suspension. If they suspended
0: him, then I probably would have had more, then it's I just, probably would have
1: been more yeah.
0: about him than him getting
1: tossed. If, but if it was a close game and he got tossed, I think there would have been more of an outrage, but because it came at the time when they were already down so much, I don't really think it mattered in that game. I don't think the Isles were had a, ever going to come back in that game, but no. I think they're going to be fired up tonight, and I really do think that they're going to take this to game seven. This series is going back to Tampa, and I still think the Isles can pull this one out. I mean, I, I honestly think this season, um, I, I get I was very wrong about the other, the Canadians and Golden Knights as well. But I think this Stanley Cup is going to be kind of this Cinderella, the two Cinderella teams making it there. I mean, no one thought the Islanders had a chance. No. Um, they're they're making a run at it, and and no one, no one for sure gave the Canadians.
0: I mean, going off the Islanders series right now, I mean, my thing is, is like, well, let's be honest here. I mean everybody thought one of two teams, one of two or three teams were going to win. Everybody either thought Tampa was going to repeat or whoever came out of the West division, either Colorado or Vegas were going to win the cup. And honestly, like, I mean, at this point, like a, a collision course between Tampa and Vegas could still happen, but obviously the Islanders are still, the Islanders are still in it. And like I said, Montreal has a one game lead going into Montreal for game six, but the, seeing the Islanders get their, they got their asses kicked. I could not believe what I had saw. And actually, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you don't want to see that. I turned it off after it was 4 nothing. I said, fuck this. The Islanders are done. With, this game is over. Yeah. And I actually turned it back on. Like, towards the end, I saw it was 8 nothing, And that's when I said to you, like, right. what the
1: fuck happened to the Islanders? Yeah, I turned it off at 6 nothing, And my friend kept updating me. But um, the nice thing about that is um, it's just one loss on the record they don't go like into it, like in European soccer when the champions, League so how they have an aggregate. It's just a loss. They'll Basically the Islanders should look at this game. Like, okay, we lost game five. And I'll have to go get six. Don't think of it as a blowout. Just be like, okay. Yeah. We, okay. We lost the game. doesn't matter if it's by one goal or eight goals. It's a loss anyways. It doesn't matter in the standings at this point. So why don't you go be fired up for tonight and go get the dub in the Coliseum for these fans. Uh, if that, 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 if I was Trotz or fuck, Trots, yep, you said yeah. trots. Okay, and trots. I, 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 it sounded in my head, I sounded like I fucked that up. So I didn't know what I said, and I was worried for a second. So if, I was, if I was trots, I would go into that argument tonight and just have this team ready for tonight. Don't have them focus. I'm sure he's probably done this already um, yesterday in the team practice, just getting these players ready for tonight and not thinking about their eight-nothing loss because that's the last thing they need in their mind tonight. They need to go and say, okay, yeah, we lost the game, but – who cares? Could have been one nothing, could have been eight nothing. Whatever it lost. Okay, it lost. now you're just quoting a tweet
0: that you sent me uh last night that you no, said no,
1: no, you piss off because I told you that before I sent you the tweet. <laughs> I said that before I even sent you the tweet. So piss off. Wait, <laughs> yeah, fuck don't, off, don't, no, don't 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 piss me off right now when I'm in a rat. All right. You, don't, piss, I mean... don't get the juices flowing because I'm fired up now. I need these Isles to win this game. But, no, that's what I – fuck you. You just piss me off. That was not the t- – I said that before the tweet, people who are listening. I'm not a scam artist who gets my updates from Twitter. Jeremy, piss off, and Isles are going to win game six. I don't care what happens. I think they're going to win – I'm calling it right now 4 nothing. 4 nothing. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to upload the podcast right after we record then because <laughs> – Well, thankfully, uh- by the time – we can get this uploaded, and they'll be in the third period, so we'll kind of have a gauge as to where I'm at in that bet. Exactly. Fair enough. But uh, I'm I'm not going to make a
0: prediction because the game is about to start soon. But I would like to see the Isles Isles win because I I told you, I don't want a Tampa Vegas final. I want the how and why did you get here final? I want the Islanders uh, because... I want the Islanders mainly because, like, they're a good team, even though people think that lobster hockey is boring. Barry Trotz is a very good head coach. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame uh, after he retires from his coaching career. And, honestly, I don't want this to be the last game in Nassau Coliseum. I want the barn to have at least four – Three or three or four more games. However, the city have will a go. couple more
1: stories for us. Have the National exactly. Coliseum have a couple more stories and memories
0: for us. Exactly, the old barn. I want the old barn to still have a couple stories to tell. Got but, a little uh, left
1: in the tank, and I think the Irish can do it.
0: Yes, but now I do want to change attention and focus to the other series that is going on between the Montreal Canadiens and Vegas Golden Knights, where, like I, like we said, Montreal has a three to two series lead over the Vegas Golden Knights and can clinch their spots in the Cup final in in a Cup final for the first time since 1993 uh, tomorrow night in Montreal, and honestly, yeah, we're all shocked. I mean, I, I've been on the Habs bandwagon since the playoffs started. I said, you know what? Get Carey Price a fucking cup. I said, this. Te- I like this team. I like Tyler Toffoli. I like Jesperi Kokaniemi. I like Brendan Gallagher. I like Patrick Deneau. And I love Cole Caulfield. Get these fu- – yeah, these bastards can get Carey Price a cup finally, and I think it can still happen. But – Didn't you pick the the Habs in six
1: in this series as well?
0: I picked the Habs in six in every series.
1: I was very wrong about this series because I picked the Golden Knights in four and oh boy was I was wrong but I've never (laughs) been so happy to be wrong because I didn't want to see the Golden Knights in the final. I wanted to see the Habs there. I just didn't think they could do it but I know this team has looked amazing. I mean the Canadians are stupid for not having Cole Caulfield in their starting lineup for every single game this playoffs. I mean this kid has been an absolute machine. He's firing off still as he flies around the ice. And Nick Suzuki actually was drafted by the Vegas Golden Knights uh, 12th overall in the, the 2018 draft? Yeah, they, Yeah. They drafted so. the Suzuki 12th overall in the 2018 draft, and now he is coming back to bite them in the ass because he has a phenomenal all-playoffs. This team is something special that I didn't think they had the special in them. They're- I mean,
0: Their entire, all of their lines are just gelling together. I mean, especially their fourth line. Their fourth line is frustrating Vegas so much, it's not even funny. And, I mean, part of this is, I'm, you know, as much as Montreal is doing so wonderful in this playoffs, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm going to blame Vegas a little bit because they have looked flat. Mark Stone, their captain, has not shown up. And I don't know what the fuck Peter DeBoer is thinking, but Robin Leonard in game four, Perform has, has performed much better than Mark Andre Fleury in the other four games of this series, mainly because I think Mark Andre Fleury is gassed from play, I, from playing
1: in the previous two rounds. I gotta it, disagree with you there, though. I think he is riding with what got them to the point where they're at now. I, well, I get, like, I get, I get him starting Leonard in game four. But you gotta ride with what got you there. That that's where I disagree. Like I think Flurry should have got the start last night. What she did, and he ended up taking the loss for it. So I I would expect to see Leonard in Game Six. But I I think the ball has, is just riding with what got him there. Because even Leonard came out in an interview saying, "Yeah, I understand my role. He's like, I'm going to be the second goalkeeper because Flurry was the one that got us to where we're at." Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, like yeah, Flurry is the one where he got to where he's at. But I mean I really I the only reason why I say Flurry should not have started is because I think he's gassed. I, li- I really think that Flurry is gassed. I, and i mean like you know him and care obviously him and car both him and carrie price like obviously they're not in their 20s anymore 20 20s or even early 30s anymore these are two men in their all their mid to late 30s who we don't know when they could eventually retire i mean you know they they both carry one of these two team, one of these two goaltenders could win the cup and then and could eventually at the end of the season say that's it i'm hanging up i'm hanging up the cleat i'm hanging up the." Yeah, the cleats. Fuck. Uh, I'm hanging up the skates and I'm uh, retiring. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Mark Andre Fleury uh, winning three three cups. No, two cups. Uh, they let him go after they won two cups. Because Matt Murray was their was the goaltender in uh, seventeen, they uh, let Flurry no no Mar- no Flurry won in seventeen. I, okay, I, well he's a two or three time Stanley Cup winner. fleury has got Pittsburgh. three, yeah. So he was on there in seventeen, and then they let him go after that. Yeah, so Flurry's already got three cups. He's looking to get a, get a fourth. Obviously, Price is looking to get his first um uh, his first cup. But both goaltenders, obviously, like you know, like I said, they're not they're. We don't know when they could retire, honestly. And uh, these are two goaltenders that uh, continue to prove a lot to, to continue to po- prove a lot of critics wrong, which is what I like to see. I just think that Flurry is more gas than price. And it kind of shows actually, I mean, Carrie price has been standing as well as Montreal has been playing on, on the offensive side of the puck. Kerry price has stood on his head, the entire series. He's actually stood on his head, the entire playoffs, like, eh, if Carey Price wasn't in goal, I don't, I don't think Montreal gets as far has got got as far as they did.
1: No chance. I mean, Price has really carried the team through playoffs. He has been amazing in every single round so far. And like like me and you said before, like you got to ride the hot goaltender to the Cup. And he is playing like a goaltender that wants to win a Stanley Cup right now. I mean, he's a man. Possessed. You see it all the time. It's whoever has the hot goaltender in playoffs because all these players and teams are too good. It really comes down to your goaltender. Exactly.
0: And honestly, another thing, too, is like with how Montreal is playing, with how Montreal has been in in the playoffs, like you just got to get hot at the right time.
1: That's all it is. I mean, they were – I get if this was a normal year, if COVID didn't happen, the Canadians wouldn't have made the Stanley Cup playoffs. But guess what? They did. And guess what? They're riding this fucking hot wave. They're riding the hot goaltender. They got hot at the right time. Everything is going their Mm -hmm. way right now. And I really think they win this game tomorrow night. They're going back to Montreal, Yep. they win this game. I think they win this game in Montreal. I think they're taking it in six. And I really do think, at this point, with how hot prices, I think they might win the Stanley Cup.
0: They're going to win. I think that they're going to win the cup. Um, so obviously, tomorrow is game. Tomorrow is game six at the Bell Center. Um, tomorrow is actually a very significant day in the city of Montreal as a whole. Um Tomorrow is the feast day of Saint John the Baptist. And tomorrow is a holiday where they just celebrate John the Baptist. They say it's Saint John Baptiste uh, Baptiste. So that is a very significant and cultural holiday in the, in the city of Montreal where they celebrate all day. Tomorrow is also ironically a full moon too, so 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 you were seeing the stars align here, honestly, with Game Six in Montreal. So I think that Montreal will, all superstitions aside and everything, Montreal should Montreal will definitely win this game and they will party into the weekend for the most part, uh, going making their first Cup final appearance in twenty eight years, and quite possibly. I you know as much as I I I you know, I do think they will face the Islanders, but if they face the Islanders, even if they face Tampa, they're going to win the cup in my honest opinion. I'm saying Habs in six for tomorrow. They're going to clinch in six. They're going to the Cup final, and I think that they're going to take the Cup. They're going to win their Cup be the first Canadian team to win the Stanley cup since they did it back in 1993 over the Los Angeles Canes. But, um, uh, overall I've just been enjoying these uh, Stanley cup playoffs, uh, I've enjoyed the Stanley Cup semis for the most part as well. Um I you know honestly the uh, the the this year's format has kind of grown on me a little bit because it's going to be weird to see an eastern a typical eastern conference team take the Campbell Cup which is the trophy for the western conference champion.
1: Yeah, that's weird to say because we haven't had that in a long time I and mean, you got the Prince of Wales in the east now. And it, those are just weird names to say because we, you, I mean, when we go to the, when we go to the Sabres arena, when we go to first the key bank center now, it's changed names so many times since we were born, but you, you see all the Prince of Wales uh, champions up there. Yeah. That, and so it's just, it, it's weird. It's weird to say it, it comes yeah. out the tongue. Weird so, because we're not used so to it, but it's um, going
0: to be weird for next season because like right? if, it's going to go if my because like whoever loses the cup final, or even wins the cup final or whatever, like you're going to have like your conference champion banners. Like you can't say Eastern conference champions or Western conference champion. You're going to have vision. We're going to have the Prince of Wales champion. And then the Campbell Campbell (laughs) champion. It's going like, we're going to kind of go back to like the seventies and eighties and even like the early nineties. Like they really didn't change conference names based on geography until Actually, it was 19, after 1993, ironically.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was actually after 1993. They changed uh, they changed the names of the conference to Eastern and Western. So <laughs> maybe the stars are aligning for the Montreal Canadiens. I really hope so.
1: But uh, I think the Islanders have a great chance to win this game now because Kucherov just went off the ice and then back into the locker room. Yeah, poor Kucherov. $17 over the cap, sure. I see
0: out there anyways. Yeah.
1: They'll piss off. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, but no, um, honestly, though, with Kucherov this playoffs, like if you get a good Kucherov, he's the best player in the world. But like he has had some games this postseason where he he just doesn't look like himself and he looks like the worst player on the ice at points. It's weird oh. with him. Oh, like, he's I- either the best player in the world on the ice or he looks like just an absolute like fourth line piece of garbage. Sorry, Paul, but not talking about your fourth liners like that. But uh, no, like he's been hit or miss his playoffs. Well, at least this series, in my opinion,
0: the Islanders have been finding ways to isolate him because that's what Barry Trotz does. They were able to isolate Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle from the of the Boston Bruins mm-hmm. uh, in their last series against the Bruins because, well, that's what Trotz's game plan was. And then uh, he's finding ways to, like I said, you know, like when we talked about previewing this series, like Barry Trotz is going to find a way to. Isolate somebody from uh, at all times that's on the ice for Tampa, whether it's Kucherov or Stamkos or. You know, even like, even if, even if it's one of your top defensemen, because let's be honest, Tampa is stacked across the board for the most part. So Barry Trotz is going to find like somebody to isolate. And then you're going to have from, from, from play for the most part. And then you're going to have to change your whole game plan, which is what John Cooper may have to do for the rest of the night. If Kucherov does not return, I mean, he's currently not on the bench right now. Who knows what will happen. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Islanders win tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, later on tonight. I think Montreal will win tomorrow night. Um, uh, I, you know, Game Six,
1: uh, we'll, so we'll.
0: The next time we report
1: the podcast, we'll know who the Stanley Cup finalists are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Unlike in basketball, where. Uh, unlike in basketball where we'll have to wait God knows how many days until we figure out who will be in the NBA finals because they play like every three days at this point, but that's the
1: road management for the players. Shut shut the fuck up.
0: You're not a tough league. No, you're not a tough league. League's a joke, but I'm going to go on a rant about uh, declaring war on refs soon. Um, uh, but I have no other talk about hockey there. Um, uh, I do want to, if, I, if you have nothing else to talk about in terms of the Stanley Cup semis, I do want to shift attention to uh, continuing talk of Euro 2020 or Euro 2021, however you want to call it. The group stage has concluded. Uh, we know what the knockout stage is. We know what the round of 16 looks like for uh, to start, the knockout round, which will take start on Saturday. Uh, and obviously the knockout stages will continue until the final on July 11th. Um, you know, I'll have you start. I'll have you start with your
1: takes. All right. So do you want to just kind of go over the games and how they're being played? Like, just want to go Saturday or how do you want to do this?
0: So I, you know, let's, let's talk about like who got out of the groups. So in group a, you had Italy take the group. They, they topped their group the Wales also came out of group a as well so then with that being the case there i believe switzerland came out switzerland also came out of group a too which is good to see the swiss i mean like they're not a major powerhouse but they they do have a couple good players uh shakiri even though he can't get a start for liverpool somehow finds uh his uh, way into the Swiss national team all the time, but they will be still a good player. player. We have
1: too much talent at Liverpool for Shakira. He doesn't fit our style of play very well.
0: Yeah. So then group B, let's Belgium and Denmark. Belgium and Denmark. Denmark, Denmark, the story of the tournament, in my honest opinion, they were all, but they were all, but pretty much out after what had sadly happened to Christian Eriksen. They needed a win against Russia, by two or more goals and they needed Finland to lose to Belgium and they did it in style. They will be taking on, they will be taking on Wales actually uh, in one of the, in one of the round of 16 matchups on Saturday. So it is good to see Denmark there. First Uh, game of the knockout. Yes, Belgium will Belgium as group winners had the disti- have the distinction of facing the third place team in Group D, but we'll go more into that uh, when we get to Group D Group C Netherlands uh, in Austria. The Netherlands are pretty much all but back. I mean, I still think that the worst manager in the history of the <laughs> Premier League will find a way to bottle it. But it's good to see the hey, Dutch in the knockout they, stages of a tournament.
1: They won all three, and you didn't want to believe me. I told you this team was going to be good, and you just I thought they. i not. You just. You was, just. You just put them down I wasn't as their about manager, you but Genie.
0: Genie would them as much as it. I wasn't it, doubting you. I was doubting Frank De Boer. I can't, the man couldn't do any, the man literally couldn't get a goal scored with Crystal Palace. I didn't think he would actually <laughs> do anything with the Netherlands. Okay. But I, 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 I may or
1: may not have cried a little bit though, seeing how well Jeannie Wijnaldum is playing this tournament. Um, I, I, I think he, he goes on a Liverpool legend in my opinion. And it, it's sad to see he will not be with the team next year.
0: You guys call everybody legends in that town, don't you? Yep, Jeez. Piss off.
1: Yep. <laughs> you know he is. He was the reason. He is the sole reason, in my opinion. I want, okay. My thing is, we like he's. Our, a- we, we got number six, mate. How many do you if You don't have six. I know you don't have six.
0: Well, I mean, I have six fingers. Uh, I have more than six fingers. Obviously, you know what I, you mean. You know what I, I mean. know. What you mean? I know. No, my thing is in terms of like legends and cult heroes. Like we can have a conversation about this in our day. But I, I mean, I, I think there's a different. There's a line between legends and cult heroes. I mean, his well, contribution. You know, what?
1: yeah. I was just fucking around. Like clearly, not going to be a, clearly a
0: legend. But, but he's he, a cult hero. But we a could have a, hero, that's yeah. a, that's a legends versus cult heroes can be a discussion for a different pod episode. Probably yeah, it like actually in, sounds like a lot of fun. Probably like in like after the Euros or even in August when nothing's fucking going on. Because let's be honest, who summer, cares about
1: baseball until it comes to playoff time? To be honest, well, I mean, I, well,
0: I, la- I would want to talk baseball. I well, I,
1: well, yeah, it. there's issues with baseball though that I have to bring up as well.
0: Yeah, we're not we're not gonna be like first take and only talk about baseball during <laughs> scandals or bullshit like that but back on topic um so England uh, yeah no so the Netherlands and Austria came out of group C um do you Ukraine also came out of group C as well
1: yeah just with their three points but because of their goal differential they end up getting through
0: yeah. And then on to Group D, where England, the Czech Republic, and Croatia, Croatia all came out of the group stage. England topping their group after beating the Czech Republic by a mere one goal to nil with their great attacking prowess. Don't get me started on that. But uh, oh my Croatia, God. And-
1: we, we have issues. We do we, have issues. We do yeah, have issues. Southgate needs to be gone. After he does. This he does.
0: We'll talk. We'll, we'll get into that when we actually talk about the matchups. But uh, the Czech Republic and Croatia are also through Group E. We had Spain A little stunner. Little stunner. Group E: Spain and Sweden. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like you know, I didn't I,
1: think Sweden was going to take the number one position.
0: I thought Sweden was going to go through. I didn't think they would take first. I thought Spain would comfortably yes. go through. Fuck, I thought Poland would have showed up at least
1: for the tournament. I mean, fuck, I picked on to have it be second in this group. They didn't finish in fourth with just one mere draw. Well, I mean, I, well, I mean,
0: After Lewandowski, like they really didn't have anybody. I mean, also didn't help that they had that. It also didn't help that in their first game they had somebody sent off for half an hour, where they were down to ten men. So they kind of they kind of screwed themselves. And then Group F, obviously, like you know, I want to say props to Hungary first because Group F, like it, it concluded today before we we started recording the podcast. Literally, Group F was drunk today. I mean, Portugal. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) for Germany, France, Portugal, Germany. They obviously got out like we all thought they would, but props to Hungary, because Portugal found themselves in every position throughout the day because of how crazy the games went. Portugal and France ended up drawing 2 2, and so did Germany and Hungary. But Hungary at one point were winning at were winning on two different occasions in their matchup against Germany, and where they eventually found, where Portugal at some point found themselves out, and Germany found themselves in third. So it would have been very it would have been intriguing to say. To Least to yeah. see Hungary in second in that group of death and then to defend right. the European champions out of well, Euro 2020.
1: Props to Hungary though, for honestly, like I know I picked them as clearly, I, I would hope people realize that I picked them to come out of this group as a meme. Um, I hope you all realize that, but props to them for getting two points out of this tournament when I honestly really thought they're going to have zero. I thought all three of these teams, for, I mean, you have powerhouse Group F was just the powerhouse of the world with France, Germany and Portugal and for Hungary to draw two out of their three great games is amazing to me.
0: Oh without a doubt I 100% agree with you without a doubt I mean I mean for Fran- I mean for Hungary to get two points out of two points out of nine in that group is nothing but astonishing I mean
1: right. It sounds bad funny. when you say two out of nine, but people got to realize what odds were stacked up against this hungry team. Hungry, they. And for them to, to
0: not win a game, they. They could.
1: They had a great chance to beat France, and they really could have beat Germany today too. They, all, they, uh,
0: they honestly could be Portugal. They honestly could be Portugal. They yeah, just Portugal had,
1: just had they, what, they, three goals they, in the they, last ten
0: six minutes of hell for Hungary. It was six minutes of hell. I mean, Hungary had a goal disallowed in the 80th minute. And then from the 85th minute on to the end of the game, they literally just kind of collapsed. Portugal ended up scoring three goals, ended up scoring three goals. Um, uh, And then France with the uh, equalizer where Hungary was leading at halftime to shock everybody. And they played really well. I mean, if they actually held on to beat France, who knows? Maybe they would have been in who knows? Maybe they'd be in the knockout spot right now because France would have only finished with four points. Yeah, I think if they I
1: think if they would have no, beat Fran- yeah, yeah, I think they win. would have beat France. I think they would have gotten through on gold differential or maybe not even sitting in that second spot. That Germany game really hurt them though. That or no, excuse me, that Portugal game was that only thing that hurt them by giving up the three goals. The Portugal okay. game definitely
0: hurt them. Another thing, too, is, like, what really hurt
1: – like I said, the, the whole
0: group was drunk. I mean, you had – I mean, you had Portugal score four goals in a game and because and they ended up losing 4-2 only because of, you know, Portuguese defenders not knowing what what net to put the
1: ball hey, in. Hey, mate, a goal, like I was say, a goal is a goal. They don't ask count. They ask how many. Okay, you know put, what put – I mean, Put that on your resume.
0: Hey, you know <laughs> what? You know what, honestly? I mean, I didn't have – I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I didn't have hungry drawing France on my bingo card, and I definitely didn't have own goal leading the tournament for the golden boot race on my bingo card either I mean uh, and I'm quoting myself there so you don't call me out on that I mean you saw the tweets that I tweeted you liked the tweets that I tweeted so so don't say anything
1: there but <laughs> yeah. I Jeremy, do want Portugal's goaltenders you need to figure out how to stop shots against their own people no there's they're scoring goals. The so goalie needs to figure out how to stop it. he
0: <laughs> it left down his to. form at Man City. <laughs> he, left his, he left his form at Man City, but no, I want. No, to he, left, to... he
1: left. He his. The only reason he's good at Man City is because they have every other good player in the world around him, in my opinion. Okay. Okay.
0: Fair in enough, my opinion.
1: But... In my opinion, that that is my non, non, uh, non, ar- non-articulate. Me not being an actual sports broadcaster, that is my hot take of the day, right there. That's
0: your hot take of the day, and not just because you hate Manchester
1: City. No, I mean I could hate every Man City player if I want to, but I don't. But I just think he's only good at Man City because he is surrounded by other great talent, where he kind of gets hidden. In my so opinion. you
0: think John Stone? So to go off topic here, you think John Stones makes him a better center back than yes. Ruben Diaz? than John? than Ruben Diaz makes John
1: Stones a better center back. This is my hot take, and yes. Okay. Might be one of the dumbest takes ever, but yes.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, John Stones has been playing well for England right now, so maybe
1: your take could be proven to be a point. If John Stones brings it home, then my point will be brought to the forefront, and I'll be correct. There you go. Okay. So I do want to
0: go into the knockouts, go through the knockout matches of the round of 16. I want to start at the top half, half of the bracket. The top half of the bracket is stacked. You have world number 1 ranked belgium taking on defending champions portugal you have italy who have turned it around under roberto mancini on a 30 game unbeaten run in all competitions which is unheard of for a national team when you really think about it because when you really think about it, they're taking on david alaba led austria World Cup winners France are taking on Switzerland, and World Cup finalists are taking on former European champions and World Cup champion and World Cup winners Spain, and that's just the top half of the bracket right there. I mean, that is.
1: Go ahead. Oh no, I was just agreeing with you, saying right that that's only just the top half of the bracket. It's amazing. It reminds
0: me of like the twenty eighteen World Cup, like where the top half of the bracket was stacked, and then you had the like the lower half of the bracket, and it's like, oh, okay, like if there's one good team in this lower half of the bracket, like they could find their way into the final. Oh, and look at that! Lo and behold, (laughs)
1: lo
0: and behold, look at there's one good. Well, I mean, there, There, yeah, there's only
1: there's one good matchup in the bottom half, and then literally whoever wins
0: that possibly could find their way into the final. In my honest opinion, I I mean. I mean, you have Sweden taking on the Ukraine, and that game could go either way. But then, like, if for it to come home, you have so to. You know, it's,
1: it's like their walk to the World Cup final almost, where you kind of just had to play no one. Well, they're, they're playing. I get their English playing Germany in the first round, but I don't think. I, I don't think Germany's as good as old Germany. And that's why I think history doesn't come to repeat itself with Germany just always beating England. I, I really think England's going to beat Germany. Is that me being biased? I think history just isn't going to dawn to defeat itself. This German Empire that always beats England is going to fall, and I, England's got basically just a cakewalk to the final.
0: I mean, my honest opinion is that I think Southgate needs to, like, take the brakes off and, like, just let them attack. Because or just, or opinion, just hire me and you to manage England. Pretty much. I mean, let's be honest here. Because my thing is, is that I don't think Germany's – I don't think Germany's defense is all that great. I mean – uh, it's not all as great as it used to be i don't think the team is well structured either um i i mean they barely struggled to draw hungary i mean the only reason why they 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 beat they lost to France, granted it was only by an
1: own goal, but they honestly could have lost like three. They, or could, four have lost nil. Three, they could have lost three nil that game. There was two goals called back in that game and, and then they only France, lost re- France looked like the dominant team, even though Germany had possession all that game. Germany always Francis looked though. yeah, Francis looked like the better team.
0: Yeah. And then like I just talked about, the only reason why they beat Portugal was because Portuguese defenders don't want don't know what net net to put the ball in. Like I said, doesn't doesn't matter how it's all Patricio's fault. That's Patricio. Patricio.
1: He's got to keep that ball out of his net. That's your net for a reason, Patricio, and keep the (laughs) fucking ball out of there, mate. Come on, it's not that hard. You're you're a goalie for a reason. You you don't sit there. You're not paid to sit there and watch balls go, and you're not especially from your own team.
0: (laughs) His own goals aren't. His own goals
1: aren't Germany's fault or Portugal's fault. Excuse me. The own goals are Patricio's fault, and I'm sticking to my gums there. (laughs) <laughs> okay,
0: but yes, for it to come home, you have to go through, an, or they have to go through an old rival. But then we have the Netherlands taking on the Czech Republic, and like you said, the Dutch are a very good team. Um, obviously, with how Genie Wijnaldum and Memphis Depay are linking up, is which means you know that could be like how it looks for Barcelona for the next couple, for at least the next like three to five years there. Um, uh, with hey, that. Oh no, he's going to PSG. Oh, okay. <laughs> he may be going to P- he may be going to PSG.
1: That's right. PSG's yeah, she's but, giving him more money.
0: Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, that Dutch connection there looks fantastic. I mean, yeah, Frank DeBoer is pushing all the right buttons for the most
1: part for now. I he, he listened to the, the podcast and just told you to piss off, Jeremy. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I, I, he's I'm, he's gonna prove me right eventually. He's gonna prove me right at least in either the quarters or the semis. I think. well, well right. we know it's bound to happen. Yeah, but then we have Wales taking on heart, and we have Wales taking on the uh, emotional favorites of the tournament. In our honest opinion, the world's yeah. team at this point, Denmark. Um, uh, Wales obviously led by Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. Uh, We'll be taking on Denmark who are pretty much just inspired by Christian Erickson coming out of the hospital and they're inspired by everybody that like has come to support their nation and their national team uh, due to what is due to what happened, obviously a few days ago. So, I mean, emotions are riding high in them and there, but I want to go back up to the top of the top uh, half of the brackets. And I kind of just want to say like who I think will win their round of 16 matchups. And I see like where you think too. Uh, Belgium, I think Belgium will beat Portugal. I think Belgium are just too good as a team. I think they're, I, I they're not as, they don't look, like on paper like it's pretty even for the most part. But I think that Belgium, I think Belgium will win. And it comes down to cover It comes down to like who's in yeah. that number ten role. I, as much as I love Bruno. He has not shown up for the, for I, Portugal.
1: I was gonna, I was gonna say, like years past, I would have picked Portugal hundred times out of hundred in this matchup. But Bruno Fernandes just he he left his form at United.
0: Oh my God! It's a ta- I'm gonna go off topic here for a little bit. It's a tale of two. It's a tale of two cities here. Bruno left his form at United, and Pogba found his in, Fra- Pogba found his in France.
1: Well, like it's he, he, Pogba, for some reason, I don't know why, always plays great for France. Because Pogba's position is what, where Bruno
0: is at. That's why. Which means True. maybe it's time for Pogba. Well, that's another cover. We can talk about well, that. I, th-
1: I think we both agree that Pogba needs to move away from United, both for United's sake and his sake. Prob most likely, but because he he barely plays for you guys with all his injuries. I don't know if he's actually injured or he just doesn't want to be at United and regrets that transfer. But but that's um, a, we, but that's, that's a conversation for another time.
0: Yeah, we can have that on our pod episode. But um uh, yeah, I think it once again it comes down to that number ten position. And obviously, yeah. like the Bruiner has just been consistent throughout the season. Um amazing in this tournament. Let's be honest here. I mean, if it wasn't for him getting like, you know, the facial injury in the Champions League final, maybe Man City would have actually won
1: that. Right. Won, the, won the Champions League. I, I mean- think. I think as well, if he wasn't stuck at the center mini position, I think he is the best player in the world. Like, I think people would pick him over Messi. In my opinion. Oh,
0: one hundred percent. I think
1: he is probably the most dominant center mid to ever play the game. And just uh, in the way he can control games for both club and country, uh, he just makes a hell of a difference. And he is just as much as I hate him because he plays for city. It's always so enjoying and it's so much fun to watch him play the game of soccer. Just based on the fact that everything he can do with the ball, the way he controls the game, the way he knows where the play is really going, three or four plays, plays passes ahead, whatever you want to call it, he just has that. Like, You know how the best players in the world have like, just the, that the it factor? He has yeah. that it factor. He has that it factor. I agree with you there. So I
0: do think Belgium will beat Portugal and go on to the quarters. Uh, Italy versus Austria, I mean, you know, this is a no-brainer in my honest opinion. Right. Italy have found their form. Mancini has found gotten them to, like, where they need to be. I think that Italy beats Austria comfortably. Um, so, England v. Belgium in the quarters in that matchup. Um, France versus Switzerland, another no-brainer. I mean, France are just too good. I'm, they're just too good. I mean, France will should comfortably beat Switzerland. Um, and then they, I think they'll play Spain. I think Spain will beat Croatia. I mean, Croatia, I mean, Croatia played well against Scotland, but that was a must win situation and it was Scotland. I mean, they didn't play well against England and they didn't play well against the Czechs. I think Spain will give them some trouble. And I think France V Spain uh, looks like a nice matchup in the quarterfinals, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I agree with both of those picks. And, uh, fuck. I, fuck. I, France for sure gets through. Um I, I don't see any way that Switzerland can come out on top of France. But I do think Croatia can beat the Spain team, in my opinion. I mean, Spain, I get they won their last matchup. But uh they drew their first two. And they drew Germany and then they drew Poland. They only beat Slovakia. You mean Sweden and Poland? That's what I said, right?
0: You said Germany and Poland. Uh, sorry. I knew what you meant there. I knew sorry, I meant, mean. yeah, I meant for, Sweden and Poland. But for the listeners, I had to make sure that, like, you, like, you, yeah. So, right, right. But yeah. And then, like, going into the bottom half of the bracket, Sweden versus Ukraine is a toss up, in my honest opinion.
1: I'm taking Sweden in this game 100%. I'm taking, I'm, I think this is Sweden's game to lose. I think they have looked very well in this tournament. They and have. I think, I think they're going to carry this form into the knockout stages. They won't and into the quarters. In quarters. Well, it's still the knockout stages.
0: Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But, yeah, Sweden should definitely win. And then, obviously, I believe we'll have a rematch of the 2018 really. final. Go on. Yeah. No, what I was going to say is, like, we – England v. Germany. Like, we wanted to come home. You be, They're beating Germany. It'll be a rematch of their quarterfinal matchup in 2018. Oh, yeah. Uh, England v. Sweden.
1: I think Sweden um, can give whoever... is uh, whoever comes through, England or Germany. I pray to God it's England. Um, but I think Sweden presents a big issue for either of these teams. They really do, honestly. I mean, even, like, when they played England, like,
0: three years ago now. Like, England may have won the match 2-0, but... Their goals came from unlikely sources. Harry Maguire scored a goal for for England against Sweden. They needed they needed like unlikely sources to score goals against Sweden off of set pieces. If I I know one, I know Harry Maguire scored off of a corner. I don't remember where a second goal came from, but it wasn't from t- it wasn't from typical so it wasn't from the typical names uh, uh, that you'd expect. So Sweden will definitely play them tough. Um, Going into the last and quarter, quarter last, uh, last section of the round of sixteen, the Netherlands versus the Czechs, and then Wales v Denmark. I think the Dutch are just too good, so uh, I like they'll beat the Czechs. They won't beat them comfortably. The Dutch are like that cardiac team. Like I think it'll be a game like where they play when they played Ukraine. They'll right. be up, then then they'll be up. The Czechs will come back, then the Dutch will squeak one out, and then. I'm riding with Denmark. I don't think this Wales team is as good as their semi-final run in 2016, five years ago. I think that Denmark will just ride the emotions. They'll get to the court and
1: they'll get to the quarters. Well, everything this Denmark team is doing is simply for Christian Erickson and the world is behind this team. And I think they're going to ride this high as long as they can. I see them just getting through Wales easily as well as like you just said, I don't think this Wales team is good as they used to be, and I think Denmark gets through.
0: Fair enough. All right, so I might we might as well just continue our predictions with the bracket at this point. So we're gonna go back up to the top half in our first quarterfinal matchup that we think will happen: Belgium v. Italy. And this is where my this is where my first upset comes in. I think the Italians will make a will make the semis of the Euros.
1: I will disagree
0: with you there. I am taking Belgium. You think? Okay, okay. I think the, like. I said it comes down to coaching. I think Mancini. Right. I think Mancini has like the Italian team. Like obviously, with their group, like it was an easy it was a cakewalk for,
1: for them. Yeah, and that's why I think that Belgium could win that game if they happen to see each other in the uh, quarterfinals. Is this is going to be Italy's first real test? Yes, because Austria. Let's be honest here. Austria, Austria isn't a, Austria isn't a great team, and Italy clearly is. I think will stomp through them. I think it'll probably be like a three or two mil win for this Italy team, but when they run into Belgium, I think they're going to run into issues.
0: Well, I mean, my thing is is that. Italy will tend. Italy tends to. Italy will tend to play more defensive against Belgium. And my thing is, is if they're able to, if the if their midfield is able to contain Kevin De Bruyne, I believe that they can win the game. You yeah. contain De Bruyne, you literally have to find other ways to get the ball, like to your front, to get to, the ball to Lukaku, or even other attackers on the pitch. Um, my thing is, is I believe for this, even for, even for the matchup against Portugal. I believe Eden Hazard has to show up finally. Like, he has – I understand, like, he's been injured and he's also fat and, like, you know, he hasn't, like, really been there in terms of, like, being a presence, but, like, Eden Hazard has to show up in this tournament eventually, and if he doesn't do it against Portugal and they still find a way to win, he will have to do it against Italy. If they make it to the the quarterfinals. But I will say that I think Italy will get the job done. I think that like how I've seen them play, like, this is a team, like, they don't have, like, they don't have, like, really huge name players, but they have a good squad where they just gel together. And they have a world-class manager that knows how to do it in cup competitions. I mean, Mancini's record speaks for itself in cup competitions. Um. So he's just literally treating this like it's like a Coppa Italia or an FA Cup, uh, you know, FA Cup or whatever, or even like the Turkish Cup when he was managing Galatasaray. He's just treating it like that. Like he knows like what's at stake here.
1: Oh, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. So then, I want to
0: go into the next potential quarterfinal matchup. We have two different quarterfinals here. I'm thinking I'm picking France v Spain, and he's thinking France v Croatia. But I think we both have. We'll agree outcome. with France going through with whoever they play. Yeah, France are just too good. I mean, yeah, I think I, France has a chance to go right back
1: to playing another Euro final.
0: So yeah, they will have a semi-final appearance against either Italy or Belgium because you're taking yeah. Belgium and I'm taking Italy. All right, so then we'll go into our next quarterfinal uh, prediction here. Uh, England v. Sweden. I mean, England. we can't, we can't, we can't stop now. You can't stop now,
1: Jameer. We're sending England right to the final.
0: We're taking them right to the final. So then we've got the Dutch versus Denmark. Uh, Netherlands v. Denmark in the quarters. I'm taking the this Dutch. Is, uh, this is nope Denmark I literally am thinking like Denmark will ride the emotions as far as they can and I think it ends in the semis okay all right well so then our final would you say is England versus France um well do you you think France will be you think France will beat Belgium like they did in 2018
1: yes I think France gets to the finals I I will take France over Belgium yes. I will take France over Italy. Um,
0: I think France gets revenge uh, for 2006. I think France will win on penalties though. I think the Italians will play for 120 minutes against them and eventually lose on PKs. But um, uh, and then we have the English versus, well you, well you, you took the Dutch and you're taking England. Uh, the Danes. Um, I do want to go into just a little bit about Denmark here that the, if Denmark were to make the semifinals, this would be their first semifinal appearance, uh, since Euro 92, when they were literally dragged into the tournament four days before the tournament started because Yugoslavia had to get pulled out and Denmark eventually won the tournament. So that would be their first semifinal appearance in almost 30 years if they were to ride the waves of their emotions but yeah england v france and how and you know and w-
1: when does it come home how does it come home and who scores it for it, it, it comes home it, it comes home with the 94th minute winner from none other than jack Grealish. jack Grealish, oh my boy he comes home 94th right. minute winner game is going to finish 3 to 2 and football is coming home and I am getting drunk for the next month.
0: <laughs> so we get the final that should have happened so we're predicting the final that should have happened in the World Cup which we all would have loved but uh yeah July 11th will be nice hopefully it's a nice sunny day to just drink and enjoy a, a beautiful soccer match but yes yeah, so it will come home um it will come home Finally, um, again, England will win their first European championship on home soil. So the rest of the world will probably declare it rigged. And I will say, fuck you all. Um, But I'm going to say three to one England in the final. um, And I think. Yeah, honestly, this is this is going to be a biased take here. But um, uh, I think Jadon Sancho and Marcus Rashford will score the goals. I think Southgate finally gets his head out of his ass. But, um, uh, but yeah, I do believe that's the case. That's a little bit biased there. But, I mean, I really don't have anything else there for the Euros. So we're predicting England to win. Um, beating France in the final going through the knockout stages like that we will. Co- we can look back as everything happens obviously as the rounds progress and obviously we will continue to talk about the Euros we might as well just make this uh, a hockey and soccer podcast only based on how long we talk about it but uh, I do want to just quickly go into a little rant about baseball before I conclude the podcast um, so Major League Baseball and in their infinite wisdom have decided to implement a rule in the middle of the season where pitchers could get ejected from the game and suspended for 10 days if they were found to have illegal substances on them and not just on their hands or whatever like on their caps on their on any part of their body on their belts or whatever so Major League Baseball led by Rob Manfred and his Crone idiot crone umpire crony umpires literally just changed the rule, changed the rules in the middle of the game, in the middle of the season. Because you know, there were seven, there were six no hitters, seven if you count. Uh, Madison Bumgarner's 7-inning uh, no-hitter. Yeah. Offense was at an all-time low. Then they're like, oh, the pitchers are cheating. Uh, it came out that one former employee from the Angels actually was supplying pitchers with sticky stuff, including Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg, I think. So Major League Baseball is leading a crackdown to get all yeah. of this out of the game and stop yeah. making the
1: game toxic, quote-unquote. My problem with this, though, is like, the MLB lets everyone cheat, but once they get caught letting people cheat, that's when they crack down on it. That, that there's is, no integrity in baseball. No, that, that's where my problem is. The MLB doesn't want to look stupid. So what was a couple years ago? Um they had juiced the balls up and then people were hitting too many home runs, so the pitchers were complaining. So they d- make the balls back to normal. They so changed they the balls. To- they
0: actually made them, they yeah. actually went, they actually changed them not back to normal but they went to a different
1: style. They changed it just a little yeah, bit. Man, now now we're seeing the pitchers be more dominant. So now I was like, oh, it's because the pitchers are using the sticky stuff. Well, the, clearly the pitchers were going to have to do something um, because the, the players are hitting so many home runs. So yeah. the, the pitchers had to go. If I, honestly, right now, if I was a batter in the MLB, this is the perfect time to go cork your bat. No one's looking at the batters right now. People want no. home runs. They're looking at the pitchers. So if I'm a batter right now, Fuck it, cork your bet. You might as well. Everyone else oh, well, like is The fact is, but I'm with you though. Like the it's stupid that now like the MLB is cracking down on it because they've been like their eyes have been brought to it and all this and that, which is stupid. But so they're like, all right, we can't look stupid, so we know what's going on. So let's just check people. No, we're gonna check people in the middle of the game. Strasbourg got checked three times, right? Oh, don't give me okay, uh, Scherzer. Sure, sure. sorry. Don't get me
0: started. Okay, don't get me started because no, last. Sir, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Let's
1: go. Yeah,
0: last, last night pissed me off completely. Let's. I'm gonna go on a rant here because I want Rob Manfred and these idiot fucking umpires arrested, arrested and thrown in prison. I want Rob Manfred out of office. There, somebody actually ha- got had balls to start a petition and send it onto Twitter to uh, get Rob Manfred removed. I mean, there's not a lot of signatures. Last I saw, when did you sign of... it? <laughs> I did sign it. I don't care. <laughs> I, fucking hate, I, I fucking hate Rob Manfred. He's literally the worst commission. He actually, that this, another conversation for another day, but all commissioners and all in leading the prof- four major sports and actually five, if you count the MLS, they all fucking suck. But that's another conversation for another day. But no, Rob Manfred needs to be arrested. The idiot umpires need to be arrested mainly because they're just fucking stupid, but, Baseball. The only reason why baseball is being talked about right now is because of this scandal. That's not a scandal. It's really not. It's just pitchers taking advantage of what was being what they were being able to use, and it helped them like it helped them, you know, in terms of like their pitching ability. Yeah, it did. Well, guess what? I mean, we lived in a steroid era for 20 years or whatever, and it helped, and it helped batters and it helped batters hit home runs and improve their offensive ability. For the most part, there was literally a, there was testifying uh, people testifying in front of Congress about it. Okay. They're, but going on, but going back onto the scandal with the sticky stuff, that's not a scandal in my honest opinion. The, so Major League Baseball, like I said, they have the umpires cr- ch- do a check at some point during the game for the pitchers. So, like, DeGrom got, was getting checked. Garrett Cole was getting checked. Uh, Max Scherzer was getting checked. So DeGrom, the first time he got checked, he was actually the first person to get checked for substances, and he laughed at the entire situation. Uh, Garrett Cole didn't get checked right away. He uh, pitched yesterday, and he didn't get checked after the first inning. I think it happened like an inning or two afterwards. They really didn't show it. But last night pissed me off. Max Scherzer got checked three times, tw- twice, three times uh, by the umpires. He even got checked once in the middle of the fourth inning. The middle of the fourth inning, this man is getting checked because Joe Girardi is like, "Hey, this guy's got sticky stuff." <laughs> so the umpires actually listen to the manager and go out to the mound and they say, "Here." So Scherzer, Scherzer wanted to fight, like the yeah. Umps and the Phillies.
1: He wanted to fight the entire. Into- he Scherzer wanted to was, fight Girardi. Was he probably wanted to kill at him. At off.
0: Yeah, you know, he's he's
1: at my thing is, so, all right, so, yeah, check, check the pitchers once, whatever. I, I heard this on part of my take. And I thought this was a good idea, like a very good idea. If you want to have your the pitcher checked the second time, if you don't find anything the second time, the manager has to get up there for an at-bat. I think that's a br- brilliant idea. That is a brilliant idea. But no, honestly. it's just like the, b- baseball wants to uh, speed their game up. They, they think the pace of play is too slow. They had these managers wanting to check these pitchers so much. I mean, the, uh, the pitcher from the athletics – uh just got checked, and he took his pants down. No, don't get me started. Oh, it gets even better. Yes, Sergio Romo, he
0: got checked, and he was taking his pants off for crying out loud. And Which then is there was stupid. A, and then there was a man. There was the pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He had to get a glove change because his glove was too light of a color or whatever. Yeah, they, thinking,
1: yeah, they took his glove away because it was too light of a color. It's the stupidest
0: thing I've ever heard. It's literally dumb. Like why? Like major league baseball literally needs to get its act together and find a way to get Rob Manfred out of office because this rule is just dumb. Like it's literally dumb. And what's, and and another thing too is like major league baseball is just losing a lot of popularity, not only because of this rule, but also just like you said, the pace of play, they want to improve the pace of play, but the games have actually gotten slower because of these checks. And then also because of replay
1: too, because the umps are just dumb. Well, I like, mean, all these checks take like at least three minutes alone, three to like five minutes alone.
0: Yeah, and then like like I said, you know, all, going off of the sticky stuff scandal or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like when it comes to replay or whatever, because the umps are fucking stupid and blind as blind as bats. Like they take like what anywhere from three to five minutes to do like a replay check or whatever right. only to
1: admit that they were wrong the it's, first time. Right, it's almost like these players, like these pitchers, are kind of going like TSA. Like they're almost going to like TSA, like you're going to an airport, like, all right, take your belt and take your shoes off, put all the laptops and stuff in the bag. It's like, no, it's just stupid. Like in my opinion, like I also think that this, like if pitchers don't get caught the first time, like they shouldn't be able to check again. And then at that point the players get checked and there's nothing on them. They should be able to use whatever they want to. Like I, well, I, 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 I get that's probably dumb to say, but like, like, yeah, I'm all for integrity and all this. But like if the pitchers get there's checked – There's no integrity. Then, exactly. So if the pitchers get checked, they should be able to use whatever they want on their hands to help them control the ball more, to help them make that ball. So whatever they want. One check, you don't find anything, you're good. This will make managers not want to check the pitchers because then, like, if they're actually, like, got caught using something, yeah, they get kicked out, whatever, gets suspended. But if you send it out, there's nothing there, pitchers should be able to say, fuck you, you want to get me checked? I'll show you something to check.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. That's what pisses me off because the manager, because they can check pitchers as long for as many times as they want, and they shouldn't be allowed to do that, which gives me, which gives Max Scherzer all the right to be pissed. Like, you literally should not come out in the middle of the fourth inning and say, hey, we need to see if you're using sticky stuff because you're out the opposition thinks you're cheating.
1: Correct. Right, because like, you, you can't hit a fucking baseball. So you want to get these players shocked. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm sure most pitchers who, what, what, was it Garrett Cole? That would have probably one of the dumbest interview questions of all time.
0: Yeah, he had the dumbest. He literally they like, they asked he, him straight up,
1: he said, Do you what they they, what they say? How they they asked him if he was using sticky
0: stuff. And he goes, and he, I don't know how played, to answer that. He he played politician and said he didn't know how to answer that. Just so like, say
1: no. Just yeah, say literally no.
0: just say no. That well, was probably one I'll of these the Right. Come yeah. on, tell the truth. I don't exactly. care. I, mean, I think no, that no. was just
1: the worst answer you could have had. Do you like, you either really say yes that? or no. Don't say I don't know how to answer that because then that makes you look bad. He came out and said, "Yeah, I would use it." He made himself look bad. I right? Mean, he would like- have to look. He look better saying, "Yeah, he uses it." But yes, every other pitcher probably uses the MLB because most of them probably do.
0: Yeah. All right. Now the thing is though, exactly. You know, do you know how many players have eventually have admitted to taking steroids and eventually were forgiven for taking steroids? I mean, Mark McGuire admitted that he took steroids. I mean, long after he was retired, right. but he still came out and admitted that he, that he took steroids. Obviously Alex Rodriguez did, but that's a different story in itself because he got suspended for a whole season and obviously probably should be banned from baseball. But the thing is though, Andy Pettit admitted that he took steroids. Roger Clemens admitted that he took steroids. Um, Jose can, you know, it, it's a tale of, it's a tale of whatever. I mean, like, Pettit and Clemens were forgiven for taking steroids. Jose Canseco was not. Alex Rodriguez was not. Mark McGuire was. Barry Bonds was kind Barry, of. Barry Bonds was kind of. Um, my, Sammy, thing, my
1: thing is, though, like. Sammy
0: Sosa is still loved by Chicago fans, but he's not loved by the Cubs organization. Um, but that's because <laughs> of, uh, that's not because of steroids. not because of steroids,
1: though.
0: Yeah, that's not because of steroids. That's my because thing of other is things. though, like. The the,
1: uh, how, the the MLB is just so dumb. They want to crack on these pitchers, but yet like they're going to go just give a slap on the wrist to the Houston Astros in 2017. Like they did nothing to that team when they because found they, out they were cheating. Like they because, said, oh, just a base. Here's a slap on the wrist. Come out and give a not even tr- real apology.
0: Well that's another thing too that pisses me off still the uh that the whole scan, the whole thing with the Astros that's where it just goes to show that Manfred's leadership like he has no leadership like he literally does not know how to run major league baseball he and he is ruining the game not he's ruining the game like he literally I don't think he knows a, a clue of how to run a professional sports league let alone even know a damn thing about the game of baseball because i in my honest opinion under his leadership the game has decreased in popularity uh, like tenfold in it, if you ask me yeah. like the fans fans are pissed off fans are upset with the, how the game is going fans are upset with his leadership they think he's incompetent um Fans are upset just based on how the game has degressed instead of prog- uh, progressed over the years um, because of replay, because umps are blind and stupid. Uh, now they have all these scandals, whether it's the sticky stuff with the pitchers or the Houston Astros that, or even uh, like 10 other teams in the league who were using video surveillance to cheat or whatever because like it came out that like – like, Apparently, like, at least, like, 10 more did or whatever. You had the Red Sox, uh, uh, do; they did it in 2018. The Yankees were accused of doing it twice. The Rockies, the Rockies of all teams, were accused of doing it back, like, in 2018 or 20 whatever, like, when they had 92 wins, which actually may actually be the only case of, like, actual cheating there because they just suck. But, I mean baseball like i saw something today uh and on of from first take of all places and i couldn't believe like what i was seeing here but it actually made sense national networks don't talk about baseball unless it's scandal related and you have Jay, and you have players like Jacob DeGrom and Shohei Otani who are doing things that we have not seen in baseball or even in sports in general over the past, for God, like in our lifetime. And even like people older than us, they haven't seen anything like that in years, especially with what Otani is doing. He's, he's up there for the major league, for the uh, league lead and home runs. And he's one of the top pitchers in, he's just one of the top players in baseball right now and potentially could be in an MVP discussion. And the same thing with Jacob DeGrom. He literally he has an ERA under one. He has like a .56 ERA or something like that. Yeah, only problem and is he's always injured. The problem with him is that the Mets don't help him on offense. But um, uh, I think we talked about that there. But DeGrom is just having an, a historical season. Uh, where he's had more RBIs than he's given up walks. He has six RBIs and has only given up four walks mm-hmm. or something like that. And we're not talking about the greatness of Jacob DeGrom or the greatness of Shohei Otani, or even like how <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr. is having an MVP caliber-like season where he's actually not only in the hunt for MVP, he's also in the hunt for the Triple Crown. But uh, nobody knows that because nobody's talking about it. nobody about it, yeah. Nobody, nobody talks about it. And... <clears throat> it's and i blame the networks for this because the national networks don't talk about it so fuck you ESPN and fuck you uh, Fox Sports for not talking about it we don't care about what lebron james is doing because he's not in the fucking playoffs so piss off with that but uh <laughs> But it literally upsets me when they don't talk about when this stuff doesn't get talked about. Um, you have like it's only talked about on a local basis, like or even like the only people that are actually promoting anything baseball related are the Barstool people, whether it's Eric Hobbs, uh, or Jared Carabas or Dallas Braden or whoever is associated with the Starting Mind
1: podcast, actually.
0: The Starting Nine podcast is actually oh, I wasn't even gonna go into the start. Like, yeah, those are the Starting Nine guy. Well, yeah. Karabas and Braden are they do a wonderful job. They interview many people for baseball. They promote heavily. Uh Karabas is always tweeting highlights of what's going on. Obviously, never Yankee stuff because he's more anti-Yankee than pro Boston. Well, but good thing you got Tim. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got hubs for that there. Uh, but even like you know, uh, John Boy Media, uh, John Boy Media with talking, talking baseball and uh, talking Yanks and those yeah. uh, podcasts and whatever, they're they're literally like our sources for baseball at this point, which I mean is well, great.
1: Because- to me, to me b- baseball is kind of getting to the point where golf has been at for years, where like just no one really ever talked about it and like the, the baseball – like. Golf for years didn't know how to, like, uh, present their sport to people. And it was always just golf a struggle for them. Now golf, now golf is a bigger talk than baseball is, whereas yeah. baseball used to be a big thing, and now it's just not talked about as much. So it's making people fall out of the love with the game because it is hard to, to follow so many teams throughout such a long season.
0: Oh, I mean, I agree with you there. But the thing is, though, is, like, if you actually love the sport, you will. Like, if you're – but like I'm not
1: saying you're like, they're not getting the young generation to love the sport. Is it where golf was at for a while. That's where I'm comparing the two. No, because they're not going to bring new love to the game where you're, it, it's
0: not being promoted. Yeah, enough. it's not being promoted yeah. good enough to where yeah, it you, should be. And like I said, you have like people like the Starting Nine podcast, or even like. The short porch podcast for Barstool Sports, and then you've got John Boy Media. They're doing their job, but they can only cover so much. They cover social media. They're not in actual media, like that's up to the national networks to actually talk about, like yeah. what the Gram and Otani and Vlad and Vladdy are doing. But they choose not to. They continue to talk, beat the dead horse about what's going on in basketball that, or even the NFL, we're not even in football season and they're talking about like, what's going to happen for uh, OTAs and mini camp. And I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck. I, it's June, it's baseball season. Like it's the euros right now. There's actually sports going on right now that I don't, that I don't care about football. I'm not going to lie. And then they beat the dead horse about basketball. I had sports center on uh no, I had sports, that's center.
1: That, sports center. That's all they love to talk about every season though, just basketball.
0: Yeah, and and it's and it just it, it it annoys me. I'm not gonna lie. Like they just show the same highlights all over and over again, and it's like, no, you don't need to do this. Right, we don't like, need to see
1: six different like Sports Center channels talking about the same thing over and over again, where all the guys are having the same takes. Exactly, the the takes are just
0: outlandish and repetitive, and we don't and 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 we don't care honestly and right. and again and again it also comes down to like the social media channels like um, uh, because, and it comes down to the social channels too, because the ESPN social channel has just become ridiculous, and so is the Sports Center's Instagram channel. Instagram channel, like that channel, has actually become stupid. If you ask me, with some of their posts, and then House of Highlights, all they do is post like ridiculous things too. It's almost like as if I'm watching like act, it's almost as if I'm watching TikTok for the most part now. Right? Like, is that,
1: when you when you get when you see the people post on Instagram, it's typically not if it's not about basketball. Or football, you're getting just videos other people send in. And you're never getting any baseball highlights unless you like follow MLB or like actually people who like to talk about it. Like, you don't get the big media networks talking about that stuff.
0: No, you don't, and it's kind of it's sad and pathetic. Honestly, it's almost as if like the mainstream media just wants us to focus on two on two leagues. And I'm sorry, right, they're if- not talking about my Mets
1: leading the NL East right now.
0: <laughs> At least one New York team is doing good right now. At least one New York team is doing good. In fact, actually, let me check. You know, as we're recording, let me check. I have the hockey on. Oh, no. Yeah. Tampa
1: Bay's down one, or Tampa Bay's up one nothing right now.
0: The Yankees are tied right now. They fucking tied it. All right. They're going to blow it again, anyways. They're going to blow it <laughs> like they did last
1: night. So it's a whatever.
0: But, uh, You know, that's my rant. That's my rant about the idiot Umps and Manfred and how the game is being ruined because of replay and the Umps don't know what the strike zone is and the sticky stuff, and it just annoys me about the scandal talk. Like, actually talk about the game other than scandals.
1: No, just to go back on the Umps, their strike zone this year has been horrendous. Oh, the Umps are blind. There has been, like, I've seen bad calls before, like, yeah, they're going to happen, but this year it's just been, like, more noticeable and like it's been more oh like God, it's been my... just so many bad calls here where in years past maybe you get like maybe like one or two a game this year it's like every single Barrett
0: Cole game. literally had a pitch like thrown like literally a pitch like right down the middle and they called it a ball and yeah. What that was last night, and I'm like, what? And then CB Buckner a few days ago called a ball like a ball, like so far high, like he called it a strike. And I'm like, are you fucking blind? Like, it just upset me. Like, it literally that this is literally like how baseball is going to get ruined, it's going to get ruined from within. Like, the umpires are just going to do like, – the umpires, like, they just need to be trained better. They need new umpires. They, like, get rid of the old guard in terms of that. Get ri- Change some of the rules. And go back to, like, get – you know, just get get away from, like, what's ruining the game. But, I mean, it, it just kills me. And, I like I said, I can go on forever about this, but – uh we uh, we do say uh, as much. We we criticize basketball, but I do need to talk a little. I, I don't want to go too much into it. I just want to talk about it quickly. The Eastern Conference Finals are coming, um, and uh, you know, once again, this podcast with its wonderful takes. Uh, the Sixers are no
1: longer in it. Uh, sorry, buddy, you were wrong. But. Well, in my opinion, I didn't pick them to win the. I didn't pick them to win the finals. I picked the Utah Jazz to win the finals. I did did, did pick two teams to play in the finals that aren't even going to be in the finals. So, you know what? I I did pick the 76ers versus Utah Jazz, and clearly that's wrong.
0: Well, I also picked the Golden State Warriors to go to the to to get. – We're just known for our hot takes. Yeah, we're known for our hot takes. I mean, I I picked the Knicks to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they got knocked down the first round. I mean, who would have thought Atlanta – but um, uh, the, Eastern, the Eastern Conference Finals happen tonight, and I'm honestly going to say this: I don't want to go too much into it. Uh, I think the Bucks will win in six, and they'll make their first finals appearance since they, and they'll make their first finals appearance since the 70s. And the Phoenix Suns are up two games to none on the Los Angeles Clippers. But uh, the Clippers have been down two 0 in
1: every series so far this year. Yes, they have. But uh, I'm going to um, pull I'm, Suns. I'm gonna, going. pull
0: I'm pulling sons and four guys.
1: I'm going, I was going to say, I'm going sons and four, the sons and four guy, but I think Trey young is a, such a special talent. He's going to take this Hawks team to the finals. I think we're going to see a Devin Booker versus Trey young finals. So I'm going sons, Hawks finals.
0: Yeah. And then uh, ESPN is just going to put on. ESPN is going to put on
1: LeBron James about why he's not in the finals. going to give him a documentary, some dumb shit. Exactly. The they're gonna have old episodes dick. of first take or whatever. Right. They're gonna, they're gonna have- play highlight, they're gonna play highlights of the of the Cavs coming back from 3-1. And they're gonna, they're gonna play gonna Space that.
0: Jam two on an early <laughs> release. Oh my god. They're not even gonna show the,
1: they're not even gonna show the NBA uh finals. finals. They're, they're gonna own, show they're- old finals that LeBron James is in
0: yeah oh my god that would suck that would honestly suck Oh god but uh yeah no that would honestly suck that would be terrible but um uh, <laughs> I, you know uh, we had a, this was actually probably one of our longest uh, pod episodes actually oh uh, yeah we, we, we talked a lot today we did talk a lot today but you know no, always a good right. podcast all right. but that's all right always a good podcast i have no final thoughts um uh we had some good talk about golf. Uh, we talked about hockey. We predicted where who uh, we predicted the knockouts for the Euros. Uh, I had my nice little rant about baseball, uh, <laughs> and we talked a little bit of basketball, even though we kind of shit talked it there before that. But uh, I have no final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts, um, sir?
1: Just one final thought, since you forgot to say it last week, and this is the first podcast you've forgotten on. Uh, people keep on rocking in the free world. Oh yes, people keep on
0: rocking in the free world. But yes, um. Uh, Yeah. That concludes another wonderful episode of the pot of the lonely heart sports podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and at Twitter on inst, You can follow us on Instagram at lonely heart sports podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at lonely heart pod. Uh, you can listen to and subscribe to us on either Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and once again, you know, like, you know, like Jake said, keep on rocking in the free world and don't forget that it's coming home, boys. It's coming home.